right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to stand up. I don't have my blackboard behind me. But um, so today I want to talk about, I call it SSS, the uh, self-sabotaging syndrome. And I put out a couple posts, again, for those that took the hypnotic writing class, they were written somewhat pretty, pretty hypnotically, right? About why people fail, why entrepreneurs fail, is going for a target market, and opening the scope from just, you know, hypnotists and coaches and NLPers to entrepreneurs, right? Which is a natural transition for people, by the way. It should be anyway, because if you're a hypnotist, a coach, or an NLPer, and you're doing that, in one way, you're you're an entrepreneur, right? Uh, you may not want to admit it, and usually the biggest uh, uh, failure that we have is, uh, let me make uh, Michelle the co-host. Sorry about that. So she's not a co-host. Because um, always people come into the hypnosis, NLP, and the coaching world is they, uh, they shy away from the business side of it, right? Because we always see that. People, they go to seminars, they get the skills. They have the skills. It's not the skills they don't have. They don't have the business part of it. So it's always kind of interesting for me. Uh, but anyway, offering the hypnotic writing, you know, which is good for all, all levels. But this self-sabotaging syndrome kind of tags into that in a different way. So why do you see some people, you know, take a class, take a seminar, take the information, run with it, and never look back, right? Though so whether whatever it happens to be, right? So the there's two main things. There's, there's several, but I'm going to pick on two things, right? Which is perfectionism and the need to be an expert, right? Uh, and so it's kind of interesting, you know? So if you look at like two business owners, right? Two small business owners, and they both have a great idea for their company, their product, their service, right? And they're very good at what they do. They have the skills, they have the capabilities, they can do it, right? One of these guys or girls takes off, go back in a year and they're thriving, their business is growing, it's expanding, they're having a great time. The other one is still stuck in neutral if they, if they haven't already blown it up and walked away, right? And rarely do I hear people talk about the real issue going on, right? Because most of the business course creators, and all you have to do is, you know, Go back on Facebook and look at all the people who are going to teach you how to get high ticket clients for your coaching practice. I'll show you how to get. And some of us go, well, if it's that goddamn easy, why don't you just go get some high ticket clients, right? Uh, it's like there's one guy, he's been, is kind of funny. He's big in the internet, uh, not internet, but uh, uh, network marketing. And people are always posting, if you, you say it's so easy to build a network marketing downline, why don't you just go build those instead of selling other people on how to do it, right? And, and of course, usually their default is, well, I've made so much money. I don't, I give back now. Because I think that that tags into a lot of us, right? My hypnotic writing students, pay attention. I'm doing a loop here, right? Because we think that's what we would do if we were very wealthy, right? I would give back. I wouldn't do this, right? But it's kind of interesting. Could that be one of the self-sabotagings why people don't get to the next level, right? You're going to project what you think other people would do, but they don't, you know? I don't think Jeff Bezos is sharing with us the inner workings of how to build an Amazon empire, right? We all know if 
given the chance, you start one, he will destroy you. Look at Bill Gates. Now, some people deify these billionaires. Uh, if you were around the um, computer world in the 80s and early 90s, he wouldn't hide the fact his business was to destroy you. If you were not going to use Microsoft, he wanted you out of business. You know, one of his great quotes was they were talking about something and somebody made the quote, um, you know, hey, it's great. Microsoft has like 94% of the computer market. Isn't that great? And he goes, no, we should have 100%. So we want to drive everyone else out of business. Oracle, Apple, things like that. You know, maybe, you know, so it's kind of interesting, you know, so so again, going back to our two business owners, one's thriving, one's taken off, one's doing this and the other stuck, right? And the one that gets stuck is usually the one that they take their time, right? They're going to build the perfect funnel, since that's what people are into now. It's got to be the perfect funnel. So they take a few funnel classes, and then they tweak it, and then they go to another funnel class, and then they take a class on, you know, whatever it is that they're going to take. It's got to be this. It's got to be that, right? Uh, they, and this person generally, this type of person, will have great self-discipline in certain areas of their life. They may be in great shape. They may follow a good uh, eating program or diet program, exercise routine, have a great marriage, things like that in some areas. But in this area, they're searching for the thing that will destroy you, and that's perfectionism. I'm not going to launch this till everything's perfect. Right? I'm not going to launch this till everything's perfect. The person that went ahead and just kind of goes, well, we'll just start this up and what's the term? Fix it on the fly. Right? Just fix it on the fly. It's never going to be perfect. Let's get to see and, you know, we'll bang. What is it they, they used to say? Uh, bang to fit, paint to match. We just got to get this thing out to see and fix it as we're going. Right? If you wait for everything to be perfect, it's never going to be there. I don't know. And I've known people that do this, not just in a business. I, I don't know how many times people would tell me they've been writing a book for 10 years. And it's not quite there, right? And it's like, well, sell, get the book out there, right? But it's perfectionism, right? Because humans have crazy beliefs. They have absolutely batshit crazy beliefs. I'm human, I have crazy beliefs, right? I think we all do, right? So, but if we have these kind of crazy beliefs and one of them being perfectionism, the there was an advertising motto for many years, the relentless pursuit of perfection, right? You know, zero, top, what was the one about zero tolerance for errors, right? Which if you really run a business, if you really drove your business that way, you would go broke. There's always gonna be errors. There's always gonna be glitches. There's always gonna be this. So if you have this perfectionism streak, right? which may serve you well in a certain setting, and that's educational. You know, you want to please the teacher. You want to please the, the, that, right? So it may serve you well there, but it won't serve you well everywhere else. I was talking to a person, he's an attorney, and we were talking about, you know, the guys that graduate the top of their law school, right? They do, they're the editor of the law review, especially at the big schools, you know, the big, you know, the big 10 or 12 law schools, right? Those guys, and girls, they're at the top of the law school, enter their law review, all of that. They become federal judges, right? They become the federal judge types, right? The next level down, you know, the, the top 20, you know, 20%, not those select few at the top, they become 
judges at different levels, state judges and municipal judges, and or prosecutors, right? Now the people in the middle, right? The people in the middle, what do those lawyers become, right? Those lawyers become multi-million dollar uh, trial attorneys that make a fortune, right? Because the things that get, serve you well in one area, like law school, doesn't really help you build a business and do what you need to do at that level, right? So these self-sabotaging things, these they start haunting you, right? And you have these ideas of basically a lot of it boils down to I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not funny enough, whatever it is, depending on what world you're in. I don't have the right skills. I need one more skill set. The next class will fix me. You know, I can't. And a big one with perfectionism is if you're afraid to do something till you're good at it. Have you ever had that? It's like, I remember years ago when racquetball got big and uh, we start playing racquetball and I, one guy, uh, I go, ah, let's play racquetball. He goes, nah. I go, why not? He goes, well, I'm not going to be any good at it. I go, nobody's any good at it. It's new. You know, the club just opened. We don't even, I didn't even know what the rules were, but let's go try it, right? He's like, no, I'm going I'm to take some classes first and do that. He was very successful in some areas. I'm like, dude, you know, this is, he's a friend of mine and this is what stopped him from taking karate, right? Because he, I remember he looked at me and goes, do you know how old I'd be when I, when I would get to be a black belt? And I go, well, it takes three to five years. He goes, yeah, you know, I'd be 45. Obviously this was a while ago. And I said, well, you're going to be 45 without a black belt. I mean, the, the time's going to keep going, you know, it's whether you want to do it. But he had that fear of perfection. He didn't want to do it because he wasn't good at it, right? Even though intellectually, you know, how can you be good at something you've never, you've never done, you know? So you want to do everything perfect, you know? And so these things ripple through. I'm, I'm not good enough at this. I'm not good enough at that, right? And you could, you know, I'm not good enough to be in a good relationship, to have a great physical body, to do the thing, to be finite, to be a kick-ass coach, hypnotist, whatever it is we want to do, right? We could we could spend a long time listing all of these things, right? While in some ways we think searching for that perfect is a good thing, when in fact, in a lot of ways, it's going to stop you and destroy you, right? But the bad part is these beliefs are only affecting you because you believe they're true. They were installed at different times in your life, probably when you were quite young or when you were in a highly charged emotional state, which flips your mind, flips all the safeties off your brain and things go directly into your subconscious mind and they get in there, right? Because the, you know, again, going back to our two business person, the one that was succeeding, he was just like, yeah, I'm gonna make mistakes. I'll, I'll fix it on the fly. You know, let's have some fun with this. It's not that big a deal to make a mistake, right? Worst that can happen, it doesn't work, right? Um, so this could this be one of the reasons why a lot of us fail at our goals? Coming out of our educational system, right? And again, the people that are usually teachers and, and the experts kind of push this idea on us, right? And so are you ever gonna be good enough, right? Are you ever gonna be good enough, right? And they're, you know, a lot of our industries, especially in the coaching educational world, you know, self-development world, preys on that, right? Well, if you just take this class, if you go to this seminar, right? Whether it's a low price seminar 
or a $10,000, you know, date with destiny, whatever it happens to be, you just need the next one. You know, if this wasn't, you need one more thing, right? Um, and this really happens because of what I always call the, you're making the error of uh, confusing, optimizing where you're at to get to where you want to go and maximizing. Right. And what I mean by that is it's just something I think I thought of, or I, if I stole it, I can't remember where, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's like, if you're getting started, if you've never worked out and you're, you're, you want to start working out, right. You want to optimize where you are. Right. So, you know, each little effort that you do, you know, you're working out regularly, you drop a few pounds, you can, your strength goes up, you're optimizing where you're at, which is great. So you're really only competing against yourself. But by what a lot of us do, we compare ourselves to someone that's at the maximum, you know, the professional bodybuilder, the, the professional fitness athlete, right? Or someone that's maximizing at a much younger age. Right. I'm not that impressed with a 26 year old, you know, um, personal trainer that's in great shape. You know, I'm more impressed with a 56 year old trainer, physical trainer that's in great shape. Right. But we're max, you know, but it's easy us, for us to default and go there. Right. I, I, I did a course, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken, right before it. And the person wanted to get into public speaking. I think it was like trainer training, public speaking, whatever it was. But they kept, they go, yeah, I want to be just like Tony Robbins. I said, well, excuse the expression, you are, you know, SOL, brother. You are shit out of luck. First of all, he's been doing this since he was 16. He got started in the seminar business. That was his first big job, right? With uh, Jim Rohn, running Jim Rohn seminars. So he had a mentor, Jim Rohn, who he could pick up the phone and talk to. Uh, then he learned NLP, NLP and he practiced it. He has a skill set that's very good. Everybody forgets that. He has whatever now, for 40 years of experience working with groups, right? And you're just getting started and you're going to compare yourself to that, right? It's like someone that, you know, wants to become an actor that's never acted and they're going to look at, you know, an Anthony Hopkins or a Meryl Streep or somebody has been acting, that's for a film, you know, been acting their whole life, right? It's, you, you know, instead of just saying, am I better today than I was yesterday, right? Am I learning something and implementing, right? That's the opposite of perfectionism, right? But it's one of those things that we have to fight to do, right? We get stuck in this stuff in our heads, right? So, so you have to realize where you are right now is part of your, is, is a necessary step. And it really doesn't matter where this stuff comes from. It gets in our, in, inside our head. So it's perfectionism, right? And we have to come through it, right? Whether it's based in a, I, I hate to harp on that, but based, when I say trauma from your childhood, just some things that got put into your head by pa uh, teachers, parents, authority figures, things like that, right? So this stuff is getting in your head and then it becomes that, you know, the relentless, I'm not good enough. I need to be better. You know, it's the old, um, you know, you bring home your report card and you got five A's and a B. And the only thing the person can point to is the B. You know, not that you've got five A's 
and a B, it's that, oh, you know, you could do better. You could do better, right? Uh, so when is good enough, right? And can you accept that and move on? So that is the thing of perfectionism. And another reason sometimes super talented people fail is um, what I call the expert, being trapped as an expert, right? You know, a lot of us have talents, abilities, and skills. We've taken seminars. We've taken self-development. We, we study. We do stuff online. We read books. We're constantly developing, right? And maybe we have the dream of helping others and doing even better ourselves, and yet we're stuck. We're stuck at some level, right? And again, is that level going back to perfectionism? You know, you, you learned hypnosis five years ago, and now you're you're doing okay in hypnosis, let's say, you're, you're doing okay, but you're comparing yourself to, you know, somebody that has a $200,000 a year practice, you know. Um, so that goes back to the perfectionism, right? And so again, what begins to happen is we get into the self-sabotaging and, you know, kind of with the perfectionism is the imposter syndrome. Right? Do you feel like you're fake? Right? You feel like you don't deserve the success that you have. Right? Do you do you feel that way on the inside? Right? I will self-disclose a lot on on, the, on these two topics of not so much perfectionism, but on the ones coming up. You know, it's kind of like the old Woody Allen line, right? I would never join a group that would allow a guy like me in. Right? I mean, we it's like you, you work like heck to get something, and then when you get it, you downplay. Oh, anybody could do that. Anybody could do that, right? And again, when you look at the super top achievers, I don't think I've ever heard Tony Robbins say, oh, anybody could get up and do what I do. You know, he's very comfortable looking people in the eye and go, I'm the best in the world at what I do. You know, and it's, it's, it, there's the difference, right? Um, but a lot of us have that imposter syndrome, you know? That somewhere deep down inside, you feel like they're going to find out about me, whatever that is. And, and you know, even though intellectually, you know, I don't, I don't really have anything anybody could find out. But anyway, I would find they would find out. Or with that is, if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. You know, of course, that goes back to perfectionism. And if you think you're not good enough, so if you think you're not good enough and you don't like you, how can anybody else like you? Right? And so then that sets up the self-sabotage. So when someone likes you, you look at them and go, what the hell's wrong with you? Right? Or you're starting to teach and people are liking it. You're going like, these people have no standards. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's fascinating, right? And, and again, if you get a success, do you dismiss it as it was just good luck or time? Oh, I was just in the right place at the right time. Right? As opposed to, no, I was very good at whatever it was in that performance, in that class, with that client. You know, you downplay it, right? You feel like at some level, you're tricking others into believing you're confident. Whew, pull that one off, you know? you know? So it's hard for you to accept it, you know? Um, here's a good one. Do you apologize? even when whatever went on had nothing to do with you, right? Do you over-apologize? I'm so sorry, you know? Especially if it had nothing to, you know, it, it was out of your control. You know, you didn't do anything wrong, you know? Do you apologize? And that, 
you know, so you're 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 taking that off. Do you think others overvalue your success? Right? I don't know how they could, you know, because again, if I can do it, anybody can do it, you know. Which if you say that as a marketing thing, that's one thing. But if you fundamentally believe it, it could it could get to be a problem. You know, not everybody can do it, you know. Um, I don't think, you know, Picasso ever thought that about art, right? Uh, you know, it's like, it's a different skill set. Here's a big one that kind of gives it away too. Do you have trouble accepting gifts or compliments? Okay. It's like, you know, you go and you buy a nice outfit and you fix yourself up and you spend you're ready, you're looking good. And somebody goes, hey, that looks really good. Oh, this old thing, right? I mean, it's like, you can't just say thank you, you know? Hey, that was a great performance. Oh, it was nothing, right? Or you'll point out what you did wrong, right? And you're, or if you don't do it out loud, you're doing it in your head, right? Or you go back to, they're giving you a compliment and you're defaulting to, they don't have any standards. Now, how could they say that, right? And again, it's that, you know, you think you're, it, it's the imposter syndrome. You know, if you answered yes to those kind of things, yeah, there may be something going on in there, you know? Uh, I think I put in that post that I had an interaction with a client because he was in, he called kind of in a panic, right? That he was really good at what he did. He'd taken, I mean, he was, a, he'd taken all the classes you could probably, possibly take. He worked with a lot of people and had success. He had the skill set, right? But he wasn't succeeding at where he wanted to be, right? And part of that was, we started talking, was the perfectionism. He felt like an imposter, right? And he really fell into what I call the expert self-sabotaging syndrome, right? That, you know, because as experts, a true expert always strives to be a little bit better, right? But again, it goes back to a little bit with perfectionism, right? You want more, more knowledge, more experience, more awards, right? When I get this award, when I get this certification, when I get this, then I'll feel good. Then I'll feel like I'm worthy. Then I'll be able to charge what I think I should be able to charge, you know? I mean, like, if you're ever around and you hear what some people have charged for sessions, uh, when you take off the the, the marketing bullshit, by the way, you know, the $25,000 a session thing. Yeah, not that Tony Robbins gets a million, but that's a different story, you know. But when you find out what people are charging, and they really are, if you're like, I don't know how they do that. Well, first of all, they ask, you know. I mean, Dottie Waters used to teach uh, speakers, and that would always be a thing when people were transitioning to trying to be a professional speaker. And people say, well, how do, you, how do you charge that much? And her big comeback always was, well, you ask for it. You ask for it, right? Um, but, you know, but if you're stuck into that, like you're where you are and you think, well, this one more class. Well, if I take this, maybe I need that, right? And it's like the really good, and especially the internet marketer guys, they'll offer one thing but they always have another thing. And I'm kind of, I'm in that, I will admit it, right? I have different levels of training that I do. And I'm not confusing levels of training with, you know, just go and do it, 
you know, I, I usually encourage people after their basic class, basic NLP class or basic hypnosis class, go forth and have fun. Go forth and do this for a while. Make some money. Get good at it. Then take the next level. Then take the next level. Because you may not need all of that, you know. Um, our dear friend Tony Robbins only took a basic NLP. There, back when, when we got started, there were no master NLP. There was no trainers training in NLP. There was only a few people doing hypnosis trainings on the face of the planet. And you could, it, would, it was hard to find them, right? Because the really elite hypnosis trainers only train medical and psychological personnel. So he went and did what he did with basically a very simple level of NLP. Not saying he's not fabulous at what he does and he's taken it to a different level. But if you've ever been to a Tony Robbins event, or if not, just go and Google some of his, you know, videos. He's doing very basic techniques, the phobia thing, the swish pattern, the circle of excellence. I mean, it was very basic techniques. He took it and ran with it, right? He didn't get stuck into the, hey, I got to take the next thing. Hey, I got to take the next thing. Hey, I got to take the next thing, right? But experts strive at this level. And part of it is because they want to please others. You know, they want to get that external validation from other people, right? Um, so you prepare yourself, you over-prepare yourself. And again, going back when I was talking about like attorneys, that the, you know, the top flight attorneys that become judges, the thing that my friend said this about law school, the thing that will help you excel at law school won't help you in the courtroom. In fact, it could hinder you, right? because you're gonna be using expert and we see it in our field, right? The thing that can make you a great hypnotist and NLPer may, might hurt you as a trainer and or speaker because you'll start using jargon and, and, and you know, legal, legalese like a lawyer would because that's what you're thinking. You fall into that uh, paradox of knowledge. You think everybody knows what you know. And so you're gonna talk, basically you write the class or you're teaching the thing to yourself rather than to the, you know, in the legal thing, uh, rather than speaking to the jury, rather than speaking to the um, mediator, if you're in front of a mediator, right, who may not know what you know, right, and so that's that expert, you get stuck in that, you're never quite good enough, you're never quite good enough, you're never quite good enough, right, so it's that perfectionism, the imposter syndrome, you know, and again, you may be doing what you're doing for a long, long time, and you're not where you want to be and you're constantly struggling. And then you see somebody come in and some of us have seen this. They come in, they take a couple classes. You run into them a couple years later, they're, they're, they're rocking it, you know? And you start talking, well, did you take this? Nope. Did you take that? No, nope. I just took the basic hypnosis of the basic NLP class. And now I'm off and running and doing X, Y, and Z and having a great time with it, right? You know, because again, the expert saboteur um, feels better taking classes than actually doing it, right? Because it also validates what they don't know yet, right? Um, and they will search for people with that ultimate confidence that will act like, yes, I have this. Let me show you, right? And they'll default, they'll shut off the critical factors of their mind and again, go and like, and I had a client do that. Somebody, well, 
student, client, if you will, and they were stuck in that and they called and they're like, hey, I'm going to this thing. It's like four days, cost them like $8,000. And I'm like, great, maybe you'll get, you know, if you get one idea out of it and it pays itself good, you know? And so we're talking and I go, what is it? It was like, again, one of those, this was a few years ago, how to get high ticket clients. And I'm like, okay, you know, just give me some, when you come back, I'm curious and maybe it is, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. I will admit that, right? And they came back and they go, well, it was basically the first two days was basically a basic NLP course teaching you some basic coaching skills. And then they had a day or so on, you know, some good stuff on like how to put together an ad. And then it closed with now what you need to do is go create a class and sell it on how to get high ticket clients. Right? Because you just spent $8,000. Now, if you could get eight people to do what, what I did and get these people in a classroom, you know, you've made the, you know. And uh, I'm like, fascinating, right? Fascinating. Um, and so that's just um, the, the imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and the trap of the expert, wanting to be the expert, you know? And so, you know, I just wanted that out there because I teach a lot of classes and I'm always, you know, fascinated. And I do it, you know, they'll take a class and then they don't implement it. You know, they're going to. It's just around the corner, pretty soon, right? And again, it's like you go to a conference, and and a lot of us have had this experience in any field. And you, well, this is great, man. You're taking notes. You're into it, right? And and then you come home, you put the notes aside, and you never implement. It. And then a few months later, you find your notes. Maybe you're cleaning up something. You go, oh yeah. I forgot about that. That's really good. Oh, well, let me put it aside. It never gets implemented. You know, I, I've heard uh, that's why, like, some companies hate sending salespeople to sales trainings. They'll, they'll go there, they'll learn something, but then they'll come back and they'll always do what they always did, right? Unless they get down and, and, and make a deeper change, right? The other thing I've noticed, I'll close with this before I, I, I talk about what I could offer since I said all that, right, uh, uh, is the other thing an expert might do, especially in the coaching NLP self-help world, you don't see it in the marketing world, you don't see it in other places, but you see it here, which is as they're taking something, they start thinking, ooh, how can I teach this? How can I use this to help others? Even before they've done it for themselves, right? They want to give it away before they got it, right? For this, I will default to the uh, addiction world and the 12-step program, right? You're trying to sober other people up before you're sober, right? And I, you see it all the time. And in, in that world, they call it, you can't give away what you don't have. You don't have it yet, but you want to try to give it away. I see this constantly in the hypnosis, NLP, coaching, self-development and so because of that, what I decided, what I think I'm going to do is offer a self-sabotage syndrome. Um, it's not a course. It's um, four sessions, and it's a self-development thing. I'm not going to teach you how to do this with other people, right? 
Because if you're already thinking that, oh, I could take this and I could work with this client and that client or apply it to this business, that's not what it's about. If you're stuck, that means somewhere in there, you feel like you're an imposter. Why can't you just take the information and run with it? You don't have to give it away. You don't have to share it. And again, when you look at the super successful people, you know, they may not share those inside secrets, right, with, with other people because that's what gives you the inside advantage. This all ties into the inside advantage, by the way, right? Because again, when you look at those, you know, the Bezos, the, the Musks, the uh, Bill Gates, I mean, the list goes on and on, you know, they use the information. They don't necessarily have to go teach it right away, right? So why not take it and remove your blocks, right? This is why I've seen a lot of people get into our field, maybe um, those that on the call that are, are watching this and, and replay that have, um, seeing people come into our world of NLP and hypnosis, especially the NLP side, and they start doing a little bit and then they disappear. And you're like, wow, whatever happened to them? Well, they actually took the skill sets and I can speak to a few people I know personally. And, you know, they did a sales seminar. They got good at it. They were doing a sales seminar um, for an insurance company. And the next thing you know, two years later, they're executive vice president of sales for a Fortune 500 company making, that's a lot of money with stock of this and that, right? And no background in it. It's just, they were very good at what they did and they were, and they ran with it, right? Uh, they, they, they had no guilt about, oh my God, I got to give it away. I got to go help the field. And again, this is uh, what gets me in trouble with some of our field where I talk about, this is where you see uh, sometimes organizations and or conferences say, don't you want to give it away? Don't you want to do this? Come and do that, right? Um, and so this will be a two, uh, four sessions, right? Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, I had it up on my calendar. Excuse me. You don't need to see my nose hairs as I lean in. Uh, April 5th and 7th, 12th and 14th, right? So in like not in basically two weeks from now, uh, it'll, it'll be this, this four sessions and it's all on removing, uh, first of all, figuring out where you're stuck, how you're stuck, what your self-sabotage things are, what the triggers are, how to acknowledge the triggers and deactivate the triggers. Cause coming from the addiction world where I see self-sabotage is what got me studying this. It's sometimes you don't know what the triggers are until they kick you in the butt. Right? Then you realize, oh yeah, that's a trigger, whatever it happens to be. So it's, you know, what are your self-sabotaging uh, main points? You know, how can you, how can you notice those? How can you deactivate them? Then how can you remove them? And then where do you go next? Just very simple. And it's all on self-development. It has, it's not going to be on how to teach this. That's, um, that's a different thing. Uh, so anyway, that's what I'm going to offer in the future. Uh, uh, April, did I get the dates? Oh, I'm sorry. I had the dates wrong. 12th and 14th, uh, 19 and 21. 12th and 14th, 19th and 21, because that first week in April, I have a seminar I have to do for a select group of people out West that I will not share with people because I'm not sharing this information. Uh, but after that, you know, then I got two weeks 
and then I have two film roles I have to film and then the, and a conference to go. So I got to film something in LA, go teach to a bunch of uh, another bunch of experts on something and then come home, do a conference and then go do another role. The reason I tell you though, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about or does it? Because once I started removing some of my own internal self-sabotage me mechanisms, trigger, you know, suddenly I'm getting roles uh, in my acting world. I'm getting seminars that I, I wasn't getting before um, because I wasn't self-sabotaging. So look for information on that. If you're curious, again, that is April 12th, 12th and 14th, 19th and 21st. It's online. What I think I'm going to do, the regular price of this is going to be uh, $4.97, right? And of course, I'll do a pre-sale for 50% off. That'll probably go until next Wednesday, so a week from today. I'll be posting this soon, and I'm not going to push it hard. It's just going to be a social media thing and have some fun with it. So if you're interested, uh, let me know. And I hope to see you as we trudge the road to happy destiny. Stop my recording.